You are looking live at the Illuminati Podcast. Hey, Nate. Hey, buddy. We're uh, we're downtown Tampa, buddy. We are. I am so out of my element. Really? Yeah. We are north of Kennedy, so technically we are not in like the total jerk zone because we're two blocks north of Kennedy. <laughs> but um, we are at the John F. Germany Library using their equipment here at the the Hive at uh, the Public Library, and there we're going to be doing a little couple of different podcast things are in the works. Uh, not necessarily related to this podcast, but to other podcasts that may be coming. So did this as a little test run to see how the stuff works down here. And it is uh, pretty fantastic. I can't lie. This is, this is a really good setup. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice little uh, recording studio. Um, they have a 3D printing yes. uh, station mm-hmm. right across from it. So um, they're putting their money to good use, it looks like. So good for them. Your tax dollars at work, Hillsborough County, and thank you. I've, I've seen them take that 3D printer to um, like different events in the area, and they'll like they'll make you a keychain, or they'll make you like I don't know, like all sorts of stuff. But you just sort of ask them for it, and like you can watch them. And then there is actually a business in Tampa that takes old water bottles, like plastic water bottles, mm-hmm. and it turns it into the filament that is used in 3D printing. Oh, wow. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So That's pretty neat. Tampa doing cool Tampa things. Um, speaking of cool Tampa things, if you're a student at the beloved alma mater or you're the parent of a student, um, we have partnered with a company called NAC that is doing tutoring for USF students. Um, it's a great deal. Basically, you're going to get your first hour free. Uh, the tutors do set their own rates, but most of them charge about 20 bucks an hour. And if you sign up through us, you get $20 off. So like literally free to get a tutoring session. So if you're stuck in a calc class or a organic chemistry oh, or organic yeah. two or all of those. That's why I chose to write. Exactly. <laughs> the old theory of like, I'm going to be a doctor. So, and then you go to organic chemistry and you go, I'm going to be a business major. And then you go to calculus and you go, I'm going to be a political science major. <laughs> and you slowly General fall down studies, please. General studies. Or is it interdisciplinary social science? That's, that's uh, the other one. one. It's like get 120 credits and go. But for for not just for the tough classes too. Like I mean, if you're just having problems with like algebra or like I think I took like integrated math. I was uh, yeah. I, was, I, I took intermediate uh, li- intermediate math. I took uh, liberal arts math. I took I, stats for social science majors because <laughs> I was one. Like come on. Like so anyway, there's help for all of these classes out there through NAC. It's a great company. It's a great local company. Um, so we decided to find a way to help get the word out about them. Also, plug, plug, while we're log rolling, by the way, if you feel that, it's the log rolling right over the microphone. We are also still selling t-shirts. They are available, let them cook, cool t-shirt. We're also gonna do something for the UCF game. Um, That will be very, very cool as soon as we figure out how to um, get it done and, and as things get a little bit closer, so keep an eye peeled for that. All right, we're done log rolling. Nate, we played a football game. We did. We played a football game. Um, I missed my first game of the year. I did not attend. I was I was pitching a shutout, and then this happened. The only local media member who had been to every game. I was the only local media member who had been to every game. And so they will have no local media member attend all games this year. That's true. Go ahead and go. And I'm, well, I don't really want to talk about the game that I might miss in a few weeks because that horrifies me. But So USF 61, ECU 31, Bulls offense Fantastic. I think they're cooking. I think they're cooking. Looks good. Defense, and then better. Yeah, they Fair. they got tested. I mean, I think we knew, like I said last week, that they can throw the ball. 
Yeah. You see, you can, you know. Cirk uh, is good. Cirk is good. He's legitimately he, good. He, he, can, he can toss the pill a little bit, and he did so in the first half. I mean, he was 15 of 27 with two touchdowns, 204 yards. But what killed him was late in the half was him QB drawing. It was QB draws up the middle, QB draw up the middle. Um, I, kn- I remember one play distinctly where he, he checked into a QB draw. It was, mm-hmm. it was more than likely going to be a pass. Solid defense, checked into a draw, and I think got 10 yards. So, yeah, it happens. Uh, you know, Coach BJ and Charlie went to halftime, fixed the problem. ECU carried the ball 15 times for 33 yards in the second half. And, you know, that was the difference in the third quarter. They couldn't do anything. And you know, it was punt, 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 you know, interception. You know, adjustments. <clears throat> adjustments. Something we for sure did not see last year. Absolutely. And wouldn't have been able – the coaching staff wasn't able to make adjustments because they did not know what was going on. And so you look at the plays that, like, you know, I mean, the jump pass at the end of the half. Like, come on, man. I mean, that's – I mean, there's just luck. And in, in, in the long run, you know, that's the – the variance of a football game is when things like that happen. Yep. Um, but in the long run, USF was definitely the better team. Now, ECU, not great. Schedule gets tougher from here, and and let's be fair, USF, though, 5-0, and and number one team in scoring in the country at 48.2 a game. Um, 127th, but ranked schedule. Not great, Bob. <laughs> it's not. Uh, I think Illinois is the highest team in the S&P Plus. Uh-huh. And that's with preseason projections, or maybe Temple. And then without the preseason projections, no team cracks above 100. Wow. So, yeah, so they ain't played. So, the old, they ain't played nobody, Paul. Yeah, they ain't they, played they nobody, ain't played Paul. Nobody. They played nobody. Stony Brook could be the best team we've played so far. That's so not far. even. Yeah, they're, they're undefeated. They're since, undefeated right? in FCS. I mean, they were ranked. They beat, uh, who was it, James Madison last year? Okay. I mean, they. They were a good team. Yeah, they were four and eight, four and seven, or four and eight last year in 2016, and then this year they their only losses to us. So, so good for them. Good uh, for them. God bless it. That's if that's your ranked win, though, you got problems. Yeah. And so not good, but from here on it'll get tougher, and I think they know it'll get tougher, and I think they have sort of tried to peak at the right time. Now, uh, fans are complaining that UCF is ranked ahead of you. Well, they beat Maryland and they beat Memphis. They beat up a third-string Maryland quarterback, but they still beat up Maryland, and then they looked pretty good against Riley Ferguson and Memphis. So, yeah, they should be ranked ahead of you. San Diego State ranked ahead of you. I'm kind of okay with that, too. You know, they got two good Pac-12 wins. Stanford looks like it's going to end up being a better win than I thought it would be because I thought Stanford was going to be trash, and it looks like the last two games they've they've started to figure it out, which unfortunately is not good for us. But then... San Diego State plays Northern Illinois. Um, slightly trappy, slightly trappy game. And uh, if Northern Illinois' quarterback, Santa Sarita, um, wasn't such a tire fire, they actually would have lost. He was just off. I mean, every time they got close, like every red zone, he's just getting picked off. And they, they keep getting the ball back. That's the thing is they kept getting the ball back, and they still couldn't do anything with it. But Penny for Rashad Penny for... San Diego State is probably going to be the player that might be the biggest threat to our power. Yeah. Our group of five bid. The kid's really good. Uh, they go from Donald Pumphrey to Rashad Penny, and now they got another kid behind him who's apparently just as good. So San Diego State doing things. But other than that, everything else is in USF's control. And so, you know, they if they're going to win this conference, it's on their it's on their racket, as they say. They can, you know, if they can just hold on and win out, they'll be fine. 
Absolutely. You know, ECU, uh, just to get back to the game, they they did things USF hadn't seen before. They they ran the quarterback more, and it was more effective. And, you know, their wide receiver, uh, Devon Gardner, was actually really good. He <clears throat> was coming off a 200-yard receiving game. He cracks 100 uh, this game, but it's still not good enough. And ECU has come a long way since game one. Yes. I think it's pretty clear – they they're not great, but they've improved. Can they beat State? No. Okay. No, I don't think that that defense. Defenses. Yeah. That the defense hasn't done anything to show that they can stop. I mean, Brian Sheriff's threw for like four hundred yards. In this <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on. Man. <laughs> yeah. Brian Sheriff's. Brian Sheriff's. The Sheriff's was in town. I mean, when you give up 600 yards of offense to UConn, you're yeah, you're bad. That's terrifying. Like that USF's defense last year wasn't that bad. No, not at all. So, Cirque's real deal. They got some weapons on offense. There, it's gonna have to be you know pseudo 2016 USF team where the offense carries the defense to wins, and yeah. that's basically what they did for their only win versus UConn. It's the offense put up with 41 points, something like that. I mean, yeah. and they kind of lucked into it. UConn drove down and missed the game time field goal at the yeah, end. So, yeah. who knows? I am glad that Cirque is finally graduating after 14 years in college <laughs> um, and playing at basically every school in North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. So ECU continues to remain a non-threat in terms of college football. They are, man, Montgomery. I, does he? I don't know how he survives. Like this is just. They've already got, although they're more mad at the AD than they are at their coach because they're flying banners over the stadium trying to get their AD fired, which, okay. I mean, that's that's some next-level stuff there. I got to give you that, Pirates. That's uh, that's pretty good. I guess they didn't really want rough and fired there, huh? Well, I mean, when you go, you're what, you're like four years removed from a 10-1 season, mm-hmm. and now you're winning three games and you're getting blown out. Anthony, oh, Anthony. By the way, Anthony is here. He's just sitting over in the corner with a headset on. Hi, Anthony. Come come closer to the microphone, my friend. Hey, everybody. Hi. So, I have a question. Yes. If Montgomery gets fired, do they go after Skip Holtz? I'm going to hang up on the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Hang up and listen. <laughs> is EC a better job than LaTeX? I guess you have to think if... The American Athletic Conference has a future ahead of what Conference USA can offer. But I also would think that USF fans would absolutely love the pile-on that we keep doing on ECU if Skip Holtz gets rehired. It would be amazing. And to have a conference with two coaches in the same division that were once employed quit and then came back would be just phenomenal. I mean, uh, unprecedented in college football history. I just don't know if he's a much better job. I would just hope, you know, once Charlie leaves, because he will, and if <clears throat> that guy that coaches La Tech. <laughs> I, he still gets it. No. <laughs> he is the Antichrist. <laughs> and his father might actually be the devil. Oh, <laughs> after what he said this week, yeah, that was. Oh, it, I mean, it, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah. So I would just hope that we would hire a coach that would be willing to run up the score. We would need a Willie 2016 just FU coach on that. Charlie's too classy. That's he part is. of the problem. He's too classy for this fan base. He handles things the right way. He goes out in the community, does good things. He 
you know, says and does, you know, a, a local judge says horrible things about him, even though it has nothing to do with him whatsoever, and he handles it in the, the most upstanding way possible. I can't say enough good things about the way that I feel about the program, and yet we need a guy who just be like, we need we need Anthony Severino throwing on fourth down against C in 2007. Yes. What we need. That would be fun, but not going to happen. What else we got? What are we? Uh... Uh, I mean, the offense, 390 yards. It, it's so strange that once you put your Remington Trophy Award candidate <laughs> back at center, <laughs> that the run game starts clicking. It's just the weirdest thing to me, Colin. It's almost like Galati was not a good decision. It's that. almost like he's now relegated to backup right guard. Almost, almost how that. It's works. almost like that. So they tried. They tried some things, which I guess you can do when you've got. You know some warm-up games in the in the schedule, and you've played a schedule as soft as this one, but yeah, not great. Yeah, three games with this current offensive line, three games of over 300 yards rushing. I mean, it, it seems pretty simple. Yeah, and, and when Quentin, I mean, that those two Quentin sneaks for the touchdown on back-to-back plays, like, come on, man, stop yeah. that. I I, <laughs> I absolutely adore when they have right tackle Marcus Norman pull alongside tight end Mitchell Wilcox from the mm-hmm. same side. Right. Pulling to the left and it it's an ocean. It's always an ocean. Yeah. Every single time. It's yeah. always an ocean. Quentin will make a guy miss if there's a third defender and he'll be gone. I mean it was what, two play sixty yards mm-hmm. for the first touchdown. I mean too easy. It's it's too easy. And then shout out to Marquez Valdez Scanling. Huge game. Did you know he had that those wheels? On the jet? Oh my goodness! I'm, I'm not. Sh- did he just finally go to Sterling and go like, "Look, man, I saw Rodney run that play a thousand times." I could do year. that. <laughs> I could totally do that. <laughs> and they finally just cut him loose. And- it's like without D'Angelo Antoine, I could do that. You're not run. You're running slower guys than me. I think I can do it, Coach. And unsung hero of that play, Darius Tice out blocking springs him out front. So you know, blocking again by skill position guys. It's a beautiful thing. I just hope that stays in the culture of USF football, even when all of these seniors, because you know all the guys we're talking about, Tice, Scantling, are all—I mean—they're all gone. Mm-hmm. You know, DJ. Um, that's something that I hope guys like Trayvon Sands and Jordan Cronkite, you know, and upcoming receiver Darnell Solomon, guys, just continue to see that that like, you know, because it makes such a difference in a spread offense. If you it can does. just clear out your guy, or just get in the way enough so that the the guy who has the ball, who is talented because he's playing at USF, if you just get in the way enough where he can make the other guy miss, then you're off. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and that's why if you know we might see some changes in this program you know from year to year. you know we're paying Charlie Charlie's making five hundred thousand dollars from USF right now you know and there's already two SEC jobs open in all miss in Tennessee. It's going to be at some point, that might happen. It might not be this year. It might not be, but it might be. The culture of the team has to stay as we are athletes. We play for each other. You know, and no matter who the coach is, the, yep. the culture of the team has to stay the same. Absolutely. So we'll and, see. you know, Charlie has been a breath of fresh air, I think, Absolutely. for this team. He seems like he's loosened up a lot. On the, I listened to the conference call from Monday. And, you know, he was laughing and joking around, and we didn't see that early on. No. Okay. So, thoughts after five games. Who is your offensive MVP? 
I can't believe I'm going to say this. I don't think it's Quentin. Um, Cam Ruff. I mean, Cam Ruff, that's a good choice. You know, like, I don't know what he grades out at because I certainly can't grade out offensive line play on every play. Quentin's been very good, and he's such a threat, and he kind of, the threat of Quentin sort of makes everything else go, but his numbers themselves haven't been spectacular. Mm-hmm. Tice, rough. Maybe? What do you think? I think it's Darius Tice. Okay. Um, looking at stats, uh, he's averaging 5.8 yards a carry. That's pretty 438 good. yards. Leads the team with seven rushing touchdowns. Uh, I just... I can't. Get, I still can't get over how well he's done with that. So I'll, I'll preach on this for eternity. Mm-hmm. If you get a second life and you take advantage of it like he has, yeah. you deserve everything that you get. So happy for him to have like a really good year. And I, I, I hope he's playing well enough to get some looks from some camps in the, at the yeah. next level. I don't know if he's a draftee or anything, but he's certainly a, a free agent signee type of guy. And let's hope that he uh, finds his way into some camp because – yeah. Like you said, the blocking that he's putting together, that's the kind of stuff they look for. They need guys who can play special teams. Right? Yep. They need guys who aren't afraid to hit people. So, um, Bit of news on Tice. Our friend from the Tampa Bay Times, Joey Knight, was out of practice yesterday and said that he saw Tice in a walking boot. I'm not concerned. By week, you do it to just relieve some pressure. Um, not too concerned. On the other hand, D'Angelo Antoine missed another game. Maybe they just wanted to give him – the, you know, the three weeks or whatever it was for the Cincinnati game, so he's healthy. But it's it's that's something to keep an eye on. Tyree McCants, clearly fine. If you're returning kickoffs, you're okay. You, you're not putting that much stress on a, a bum knee returning kickoffs. Did he misdiagnose himself on Snapchat? Like, what happened there? I, I, I There's no – okay. There's no way a player would say, I have a sprained MCL. Right. Unless someone told them that's what it was. Right. Like, there's just no... Was like it a, a trainer? Would a trainer go, yeah, that looks like a sprained MCL? So he types, oh, it looks like I have a sprained MCL. It could be, and then... And then he gets the MRI. It's like, Dude, you, you got nothing, you're fine. You're fine. I, or there, he's just powering through this in some crazy type of... I can't imagine that yeah, but do that, though. I mean, if you're powering through, the coaches are probably smart enough to keep you off kickoff return. Right. Yeah. Good point. So it, he seems fine. You know, still bullet dodged. Kids got to stop diagnosing themselves on social media. Yeah. Know what you're talking about. Know what you're talking about. Know your know your true injury before Picks you the tweet MRI it to the world. Or don't tweet it out. Yeah, Picks of the MRI or it didn't happen. <laughs> you know, I think that's I think that's got to be the rule now. So. Okay. Tice MVP. Tice Ruff MVP. Tice Ruff MVP. All right. This is actually the hardest one. Okay. Defensive MVP. Yeah, that's really tough. There's three. uh, There's probably three options. You know what? It's not tough. I'm going with Nichols. I'm going with Dietrich. I'm going with Dietrich. Okay. I'm going with Dietrich. I guess Sautel is one of your other options. Or are you going Augie? I'm going Augie. Okay. But. Yeah, because Augie's numbers have been better, especially the last two games. He's been great. I think the clear MVP is Massey. Massey Wilkins. <laughs> clear MVP. I mean, the numbers, the, those advanced stats on him jump off the page. Like when you're. Dietrich a, makes them go. 
Okay. I I agree. I mean, um, he's you know that first game we're like, well, can he play this position after San Jose? And then since then it's been he's been you know he's and, been in the backfield, he's been in coverage, he's been everywhere, and he's been really really effective. And you know he's he's the guy calling it out there too. So yeah, God, who would have thought that defensive MVP would be the the hard question? Yeah, <laughs> and that's true. Man. Massey's been yeah, Massey's been fantastic. I mean, maybe it's my bias against the 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 non seniors. Maybe it's Nico's the bias against Plant so. High School. That too. That could be it. That very well could be it. Um I live not far away. So I don't know. I mean, he hasn't held uh opposing quarterbacks passing efficiencies under five. That's amazing. Three interceptions, eight pass defended. He had four last game. Yeah. And you know he had he had a defensive holding uh, call against him against uh, at San Jose State as well as ECU. But you know what, I'm, Wiley veteran move. You get beat, pull them back, incomplete pass. I'll take the ten yards, fifteen yards instead of the thirty yard bomb downfield because that builds momentum and that gives the offense you know more rhythm. But if you I mean if you just pull them back and it sails over your head and you're like. Sorry, coach. It's 15 yards. My bad. If you go with Mazzy, the the argument is is that for most football teams, the most valuable player you can have are the two most valuable players are an edge rusher who mm-hmm. can consistently get pressure and a lockdown corner, like because that just opens up so much. Because the edge pressure guy forces the other teams to speed up and make mistakes yep. because guys under pressure. And then the lockdown corner, you're playing 10 on 10, and you don't have to worry about You can have a safety come down because it can play man coverage, and then you don't have to. And it's, you can play 10 on 10 and walk that extra safety down mm-hmm. and not have to worry about it. Those are supposed to be the two elements of, like, you know, no matter how good you are, it's like the Mark, what's his name, Mark Barron, the argument that when the Bucks took him, it's yep. like you're taking a safety. No matter how good a safety you are, you could be running a lot, but the advanced numbers say that you don't impact the game as much as like even like uh, an above average corner because mm-hmm. of just the you know yeah. value of a replacement. But then Dietrich like I mean we've seen Dietrich in coverage, we've seen Dietrich making plays, we've seen we've seen Dietrich affecting plays to get Massey's yeah. interceptions. I'm not I I wholeheartedly agree. It's uh, if you throw Sautel in there, it's a four man it's a four man race. Yeah. And, and it's those are good. Those are great. Yeah, look at, look at this. We have a defense that has legitimate multiple candidates for MVP. Like, this team was like 120th in defense last year. <laughs> They're horrible. Anthony, we go to Anthony. Anthony from Tampa. <laughs> Anthony, you're on line one. Hi, Colin. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> you know you're allowed to just jump in here, right? Like this, You're running the podcast. Literally, you can do whatever you want. Here's a question that... So is it how good Charlie Strong and Brian John Marie are, or is it show how bad or out of place Raymond Woody was last year? That these are virtually the same guys, and they were just lost last year. I'll hang up. Uh, hang up and listen. I'm going Bofa. I think it's. I think Brian John Marie deserves a lot of credit. Yep. And I think if I had to go like fifty-one forty-nine, which one weighs more? I think Raymond Woody was pretty horrible. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw it out there. 
Just she some of the things. Terrible. Just, oh my gosh. He's some so of the bad. things that we've heard from people that we've talked to around the program yeah. have been uh, not so complimentary. Not I mean, <laughs> notice that Willie went out and got Jim Levitt, <laughs> and then later was like, oh, I need a special teams coach. I don't really care about special teams. Woody, you want to do it? Yeah. Like, and and it's look. I I met Raymond Woody a couple of times. I actually had lunch with him one day. Very very nice man. Like very kind. You can just see that he did not have the he didn't have the room. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair. And I mean, I think it was pretty evident when during spring practice last year. They had to have a closed-door meeting with their coach and say, we don't agree with, like, literally anything you're doing. We are not on the same page. Yeah. And then look at the Temple game last year. I mean, the game that cost you the conference championship, no adjustments. And, and just none. R.I.P. Johnny Ward. Oh, so, I'm poor kid. Oh, did you see him on Twitter after the Temple game, by the way? Yeah. Oh, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you missed it, Johnny Ward was – they sort of called out Johnny Ward in the, after their game last year and – for the things that Nick Shargat did to him. Um, and then Johnny Ward was on Twitter this year talking some noise about his bulls and the boys that he left behind, mm-hmm. uh, which was really good stuff. And yep. uh, Johnny, we wish you well. Thank you for your years of fabulous play for the bulls. I will say, uh, I think the number one reason why Woody was not a good defensive coordinator was mm-hmm. he was chafed 98% of the time. <laughs> he is an excessive sweater. And coming from an excessive sweater, I know... I've said, I mean, I've said it for about a year. It's, it, I've noticed. So he would, uh, he would come, he would go inside, get cleaned up, change, and then he would come back outside. And within two, maybe a minute of being out here, out there talking to the media, he is just drenched. It's like, I, I've got to take, like, I I have to go back inside and take another shower. Like, it's, it's like he jumped into a pool. And do you know how hard it is to concentrate on calling a defense when you have to walk like a duck to make sure your legs don't hurt? Tell me about it, Nate. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> and I don't have to call a defense. I just have to walk around and do normal things. So you're I saying he, he might have had more success if he was in the booth? Because yeah, we have a little th- AC up there, and they, you know, they keep the windows open. But I think from what we've heard, I think the players wanted him to stay in the booth. But, like, if he's going to call the same stuff anyway, you can do that. Like from upstairs. Yeah, but he's in practice, so he's just chafed twenty four seven. It doesn't oh. matter where he is. Okay, so just a constant. It's a constant like burn and heat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there, the that's reason that your USF Bulls were eleven and two last year and didn't and played in a Birmingham Bowl, despite being eleven and two, Raymond Woody excessive sweating. Now you know. There's now the inside know. information you can only get here on the Bluminati podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next thing. What are your bye week plans, Colin? Oh, um, so like I'm really behind on work stuff. I had work stuff this morning. I had work stuff all day yesterday. I have lots of work to do. I'm hoping to get it all done by Friday so I can just sort of like veg out on the couch on Saturday mm-hmm. and, and inhale college football. I love bye weeks. I do. And this season's been great because like I've already gotten three days where I've just been able to like veg on the couch and just engorge on football because we had a canceled game. We had Thursday night, or we had a Friday night, we had a Thursday night. Give me all that. Yep. All of that. Give it all to me. Like, I, I just, I want to, I want, selfishly, I, I think it's bad for the team, I think it's bad for attendance, but I want USF to play on Friday night until the end of time. Because yeah. then I can it's just, nice. it's so great, because then you can just sit home and watch college football all day Saturday, which 
when we're covering the team, we don't always get to do and is one of my you, look, there's only 15 Saturdays a year where college football is played. You know, there's only 15 days out of 365 where like the sport that is like so fantastic and wonderful and corrupt and amazing and, you know, dramatic and whatever. There's only 15 of them. And so when you get the opportunity to just enjoy it as a fan, it's fantastic. Love it. Absolutely. And, you know, my bye week plans. I'm off tomorrow, so it's nice. Bucks play on Thursday night. I'm actually going to be able to watch the Bucks game from start to finish. That That's never right. happens. I always work. I always work Sundays. So it's going to be really nice to just relax, hang out with the kid, maybe do some yard work, and watch the Bucks probably get destroyed by a very angry New England Patriots team. Is it fine? Have they finally tipped though? Are they finally too old? No, I, I the defense. Okay, I haven't watched the Patriots game yet this year. I've watched like a one and a half. Bucks they don't have before. anyone on defense anymore. Really? Like they, it's just barren. Okay, they're they've got to fix it. I, I love TB12. He is oh, amazing. Um, worst nickname in sports, but go ahead. Don't be a hater. I, I just don't look, be a hater because he beat your Eagles in the Super Bowl. I, he did, and and look, he seems like a, a fine human being. When he ever, if he would ever say anything interesting, I might like him a little bit more. You have this huge platform. You have an entire entire region of the country that you know worships the ground you walk on. You married a supermodel. And yet you can still be that uninteresting. It's really kind of hard to do. I think it's impressive. It's terrible. No, it's bad. Why are we encouraging this? Like, that's. I'm Team Aaron Rodgers all day. Not just for the off the field, because I think he's a smart, interesting guy, but like on the field, too. He's, he's incredible. Like, I mean, when you get. He's Tom, a better quarterback. He's a better I think, quarterback. I think like, it's just, you can't go by wins. Like, we all know this at this point to just say, oh. Five rings against one. Her, you're an idiot. Like football is a team sport. Don't even. But as a pure quarterback, I think Aaron Rodgers is the best I've ever seen. <laughs> Throwing it out there. You're, you're wrong, but it's, oh, I'm, I'm right. But okay. it's okay. Okay. All right. So, Colin's terrible thoughts on on the NFL. On the NFL. Mm-hmm. Carson me. Wentz, but Carson Wentz is better at all, so it's <laughs> oh. fine. It's all good. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> All right, so getting back to what we're all here for. We had two pieces go up yesterday. Yeah. One written by Jamie, the other by myself. Jamie's was, hey, guys, enjoy this. It's not going to last. Mm -hmm. We've seen it before. It doesn't last. Unless you get someone like Nick Saban who sticks around and can just make it a machine, it typically doesn't last. Look at Florida. I mean, they've won two SEC East titles, but they don't have an offense. They hate their head coach. Things will change there. Yes. Their offense has been bad for the better part of a decade. Yeah. Enjoy this team while you have it. Enjoy Quentin while he's still here. You get... And Darius. And Darius. And MVS. Eight more games, maybe. And Tyree. Of Quentin Flowers. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. It's going to be great. He's been... He's... The best player at USF ever? Best quarterback? So. I think we when we did those we, rankings. We said going into the season that I don't see any way that Quentin does not become the best player in USF history. I just could not see it. His stats have, I mean, he's going to need to show up in, in now the, the tougher half of the schedule. Yeah. He's going to need to play well. I think he will. But assuming that he 
he leads the Bulls to victory in a game or two down the stretch here. I don't think there's any question that he's going to be the best player the USF's ever had. I agree. So, but yeah, his numbers actually his numbers haven't been great. He's still still making Quentin type mistakes. You know, yeah. missing the easy passes and hitting the forty yard post route, like just dropping oh, that in my the hands. God, that was oh, <laughs> that was sexy. I mean, it's it's like he can hit the tough stuff, but then like you need a little you know yeah, a little so, three yard out, and it just it goes like yeah, sailing. He's so. Completing fifty two point nine percent of his passes, ten touchdowns, only two interceptions. He still, I mean. Ten and two. He's That's still, good. He still protects the ball. I think Sam Darnold has like eight interceptions. Oh yeah, a lot so, of I mean, I, all the NFL scouts are like, yeah, but they're all tipped. <laughs> I think like four of them actually are tipped, <laughs> but still, they're they still count. And you know, last year, are you Team Rosen or Team Darnold? Total aside here, but. I think Rosen because he's he's the one that's like a. F- it's Brady Rogers because because yeah. like Rosen off the field. I love the kid. I mean, I love him. I think he's like amazing and what college football needs more of that. On the field, I mean, that Memphis game, he's just gambling out there. He's just trying to fit balls in windows that are not there. Yeah. So he's, if anything, he's got a little too much gambling. I think once he gets to the NFL and gets the Jim Morris stink off of him, he'll be fine. That'll definitely help. He needs some coaching for sure. And he needs some better players. Like, they don't have a lot of skill help. So. Yeah. Yeah. Quentin completed 62% of his passes last year. So it's, he's down 10%. Yeah. Over 10%, 10.5, 10.4%. His rushing numbers are down a smidge. Down a smidge. So, I mean, he averaged over 100 yards last year a game, and now he's he's at 79. So it's so 30 yards. Right, and you're doing this against bad teams. These are when you're supposed to be running out the stats. So Quentin's got to be the guy a couple of times down the stretch here. He needs Mm -hmm. to be the guy that, you know, he doesn't need to play like he did in the Memphis game last year every week, you know, but he's going to need a couple of games where, all right, it's close, you know, and we really need a quarterback to step up and make a player complete a drive. He's got to make a couple of stick throws, and I think he will. And, you know, it's going to be hard. To, to, the starting quarterback on a team that goes, you know, if they run out, if they win a conference championship, there's, there is no way. Quinn could put up numbers like this the rest of the way. And if they win a conference championship, he's the best player in team history. Yep. Yeah. No Absolutely. Question. So. Um, and so, enjoy this team. And then Charlie Strong in the teleconference was asked by an ECU reporter who was doing a larger piece about attendance and the attendance issues in the AAC. Uh, had a few things to say about that. Um, he was asked, what are your impressions of Greenville and their attendance? And Charlie said, I was impressed by how they came out. I heard someone tell me it was an announced 35,000, which is really great. The fans came out. It was more about supporting. It don't matter who you play, and that's what that's the way they looked at it. <laughs> now we're playing a good now they were playing a good football team with us, but you come out, support your school, and at the end of the day, you were cheering for the players on the field and you were cheering for your university. Now that's something USF has lacked. Hey Nate! What's up? Shots fired! <laughs> oh, we found a drum kit in here, so we were like, Ooh. Shots fired indeed, Connor. <laughs> so. That was impressive. Yeah, we were a drum kit was, around. Really good. Colin was over there for about two and a half minutes trying to figure it out. So, good for him being able to figure it out. Like, yeah, like, that's, you know... 
not great, Bob. And I think he's taking driver. So he goes to the Great Chamber of Commerce last or yeah, well, I think last, it was last week. Last week, trying to drum up attendance. He's on uh, Doomig's show yesterday, which we're gonna let that go. I know Doomig certainly didn't seem very prepared for the interview. No. I think it is fair to say that our blog is not a huge fan of sports radio in Tampa as a rule. <laughs> There's not much after the fan left. Um, I think the fan was probably the best product they put out. And and yeah, and and you know, there's some like there's some guys who work in this market that we've always thought were talent, like Jim Whitehall, Dark Sharp, guys like that. Yeah. That you know, they've been really good. Um, but on the whole, I mean, we're not big sports radio guys in this town. I think it would be fair to say. And I also understand that Dumig is very sick. I don't know how like he's doing. I have heard him in the past, and that was yesterday was the first time I had heard him in God probably seven eight years. Like. Yeah, you know, a lot of people were pretty upset about the questions that he was asking, and he got the conference wrong. And he, you know, if he's really not healthy, then let's not, not much. Yeah. let's not go there. You know, also Strong was asked, "Is there anything that USF is doing to boost the attendance?" And you know, USF put out a ticket package, fifteen bucks, baby, fifteen bucks to come to the game. Yeah, I mean, fifteen bucks, guys. I think you spend fifteen bucks there and back going to the beach, plus parking, plus sunscreen. By the way, pro tip for parking, Uber. Just Uber the game. Uber. Split it with your friends. Like it's, Uber. It's just or just Uber. split the car ride with your friends. Just split the car ride. Four people, but how, how much is parking? 20 bucks maybe? It's Well, here's the thing. It's 20 bucks if you park good. If you're cheap and you park down like all the way down Himes. Yeah, I've parked like, at Jesuit for a USF game before. Have you really? Yeah. Wow. That's a hype. Like five bucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, like for like five bucks... Okay. I, okay. All right. I, I'm not parking. You, you guys have seen That's me cool. on the Facebook lives. I parked at Jesuit and walked to Raymond James Stadium. This is a, this is really why you took this job, Nate. You just wanted the media parking, didn't you? You just didn't want That's, to be walking nice, to Jesuit. Man. It's nice. I'll tell you what. <laughs> if I could just drive to the press box, like drive, just <laughs> get my car into the elevator and just sit in my but car. Then you miss the tailgate. The then you miss the tailgate. I'll just drive there too. Okay. And then just take it. Yeah. Take that elevator. Go right up. Got to get that vehicle movement pass. So there's this special pass that they give out to RHA. Like, if you go and you put it in your car, you're literally able to drive, like, inside the stadium, basically. I would love that. It's called a vehicle movement pass. I've had one before. I forget what I had it for. Like, for something to set up when I work. It was pretty cool. Yeah. You, like, literally drive in the tunnels. That's nice. Yeah. Goals. Goals. Uh, Charlie, you know, spoke to Bob Buckhorn, Tampa Mayor, Chamber of Commerce, and, you know, I think the really telling part of his quote was, you know, Get our student body behind us. Get our administration at the university behind us. And we'll get those seats filled. Shots fired. Your administration is not behind a team that is in the top 20 in the nation. And I think that's very fair. 100%. I think that there are a lot of things that this administration could do that they are not doing. I've had this conversation over and over and over again with a lot of people. Many of them are frustrated USF, people who bleed green and gold but can't really say things. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who say that, well, what do you want Judy to do? So there are two sides of this argument. I listen to, I listen to both. I think that there are a lot of things that USF could do. It's got to come from the top, though. I, I You know, athletically... 
the turnover in the space is just incredible. The amount of people that come in and out and in and out. And athletics by nature is a transient business. If you work in collegiate athletics, nobody does 30 years in the same spot and just gets like straight up the chain. Jeremy Foley was the last one to ever mm. do that. And, you know, whatever. Um, he's gone now, right? Yeah, he's gone too. <laughs> but he still has an office in the building. Ugh, awkward, Ross. You got to move around. You got to, you know, that's basically you're at one place, you're a director, well, you can be an assistant athletic director at another, you take the job, you know, at a better school, and you, then you come back to a similar school, but you're an associate athletic director. Like, that's just how it works. Mm-hmm. But the amount of turnover that USF has and their inability to keep people. So what happens is, is they design a plan. Okay, well, we're going to bring in all these, you know, we're going to do all this stuff, and, you know, on the donor side or on the marketing side or whatever, and then you turn over your, so much of your staff that, they have to start, they almost are starting over from scratch over and over again. And I think it's a real frustration. They feel like they can't keep people. And then when people want to do things, they don't feel like they're necessarily getting support from the middle of the, from the middle of campus. And that's just frankly what's, yep. what people are telling us. And, you know, you, you can argue how much of a priority should be placed on athletics. I would argue that if you want those students to come back, if you want them to be donors, if you want them to be alumni someday that are active and involved, that athletics is probably the best way to do that, is to get people involved in the long run. But who's going to argue against you to Genshaft as a preempt? You know, preempt. The goal was become a preeminent university. You got there. You know that was the big hump. They got over that mm-hmm. hump. You know her her performance report from the board of trustees is going to be, are you preeminent? Yeah, we did that. That's the most important thing. The academics died, as much as we hate it, still takes priority. We are not just sports program. Yeah. Dad especially gummit. at this school. Yeah, especially. So yeah, that's that's difficult. The um I would say that certain people feel like that now that preeminence has been achieved, what's the next goal? Well the next goal would be the American Association of Universities become an AAU school. USF certainly has the research to make that happen. Do they want to stay on the same course to try and become AAU that they've been trying to stay on now? And that's a different question. So we'll see. All right. Well, I think that's it. Um, we'll do some Twitter, Facebook questions, rapid fire. Fire. Because I got I to gotta go to work. You got to go to work. I got I to gotta hope my car hasn't been towed yet. So Anthony probably has to go to work at some point, though. Not till like 6. All right. Really? From... Like, you're like just hanging out here and out here all day? Uh, yeah, more or less. It's a... Uh... We have preview for a show tonight at the Stratus. Plug your show. Tomorrow. Hey, if you guys want to go see, if you guys like crazy, zany 70s musicals, disaster musicals, Always. it's called Disaster the Musical, Mad Theater of Tampa at the Schimberg Playhouse. Opens on opens Thursday of this week, tomorrow, and plays for three weekends. It's a good old fun time. You play some 70s songs that you like, and uh, we have a disaster on stage. It's great. Nice. How much are tickets? Tickets are... 20, I believe, general admission, 15 for students. Bargain. Yeah, it's not too bad. Schimberg's fun. You can get drinks, hang out with the cast. It's a good cast, real good cast. I've been to Schimberg before for plays. It is good times. It feels like it's a black box theater. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like really super cool and it's very intimate. So you're like right there. Definitely worth it. Support the arts in your area. Uh, Line designed by yours truly, Anthony Vito, designed by Vito, humble brag. Okay. Is that the website? Uh, uh, I have a Facebook designed by Vito, not a real website though. It is on my Twitter if you ever want to check it out. Check Those it out. Photos guys. there. Exciting. Very cool. All right. 
All right, this is from Bulls on Parade, 96. So he's asked about this before, but with CDOT having attendance problems. Also, can soccer, can soccer stadium, can Corbett be transformed into a football stadium? No. No. Have you seen the press box, number one? Well, it, the, only other, the only, only other press box that's worse at USF is baseball. Yeah. They're, I mean, what happened with, well, we have we talked about that yes. on air before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, we basically... We we went on the cheap for a lot of the stuff for the facilities. They really cheaped out. They they were trying to do suites. You're supposed to have suites in both. I'm like, come on, it's, it's a joke. They did okay. a really terrible job. So you can blame previous management for the screw ups yes. there. All right, this is from uh, our buddy Nick Simon hey, buddy. at Nick Simon eight thirty two writes for us. Uh, he just forwarded a question to us. I think it's a great question. It may be the best question we've ever gotten. Okay. If you could give a perfect Stone Cold Stunner to any rival team's player, past or present, who would it be? Oh, God. I First person that popped into my head was Ray Rice, and I would put some stank on it. I would, I would, I would give him the double bird, give him the stunner, get some beers, beers, and just... <laughs> and then, you know, get down at his level and just, like, start barking at him like Stone Cold used to do. Like, I would just, I would have a field day. Or Mike Tool. Okay, yeah. Um, I just instantly went to basketball. Joby Thomas. NIT game, 2010, NC State, Scott Wood. Just yeah. couldn't, couldn't guard him. Couldn't guard him. Uh, he lit up Florida State in the, a, uh, the ACC uh, tournament, and I was like, dude, that's the guy you're going to have to cover. That's bad. Football-wise, Zach Kolaris. Oh yeah! Oh God! F him. Just that because that one still meant so much. Santan T. Literally, <laughs> is that the kicker? Yeah. <laughs> uh, literally any pit running back. Deion Lewis. Shady McCoy. Yeah. Shady. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a whole stable. There could be an entire stable <laughs> of guys that we would just want to stunner. Just line them up, knock them down. Yeah. Um. Let's go. With ECU scoring 30 points, did we learn anything new about this defense? I believe we saw some 3-3-5 defense instead of the base. Um, not really. They made adjustments. They, I think they were taken by surprise by Sirk running the ball mm-hmm. as much as he did because he, he did it at Duke, but he hadn't really done it at ECU yet. So there was no film of him with the current crop of players running the ball like he did because I think he had like nine touchdowns in his rushing touchdowns in his uh, Duke career. Right, Duke? Yeah, Duke. Okay. Um, and then they made the adjustments. We'll see the three-three-five often. It'll probably be Greg Reeves standing up, but still at the line of scrimmage, and it seemed to work. I've seen him. You know, we've seen him cover tight ends and whatnot. I was gonna say he drops in the coverage a decent amount. So of time it's that. It, that four-two-five, three-three-five is pretty fluid, um, just to give opposing offenses a different look. Right. Um, this is from Tampa Tony thirty-two. Best freshman, redshirt freshman we haven't seen much of yet. Best what? Freshman slash redshirt freshman we haven't seen much of yet. Devontra's Dukes, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He's big. Um, freshman, Kayvon Dingle, he had a good camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he'll probably redshirt. Uh, Craig Watts? I know he's hurt. But... Yeah, I mean, I was expecting more out of Craig so far this year. But... It could be 
because the seniors and upperclassmen have done so well, they don't have a need for him. They just don't have a spot. Looking forward to Q's successor. Is it going to be Keen or Oladukin? That is the $64,000 question that will not be answered this year. My money's on Chris. What? My money's on Chris. Kind of, too. I, I Kid's talented, man. That 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 move he made in the spring game. Just oh, poor, well, uh, not to pile on Jimmy Bays more, but, man, he got, got put on skates, man. Woo-hoo. Yikes. Um, this is from Ryan T. Smith at Ryan Smith Writes, also one of our writers. Who is the best-looking, funniest, and most charming writer for the DailyStampede.com? I think it's unfair because of Sandy. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, outside of Sandy, who is the best looking? We'll uh, just we'll break it down by category. Best looking. Ryan? Nick? Nick? Me? No. No. I'm old. Uh, Other Ryan. Other Ryan? He's Ryan. so skinny. He's like he's lanky. He's also doing this to try and get himself a compliment, yeah, so I'm is. trying not to help him. <laughs> funniest. Just say Carl. I'll just edit it out and just say Carl. Carl. Yeah, Carl. <laughs> Hard stop. It's Carl. Carl. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, funniest. I think we're all pretty funny. We're all really funny. Let's I think, like, if you guys want to pay, like, 20 bucks a month to get our... Slack channel. Slack channel. I think you'd enjoy it. W- w- Anthony, what would you pay for the Slack channel? I, I, <laughs> The Slack channel, I would I would pay thirty dollars a month. Thirty dollars a month for the Slack channel. Half, half it's probably like forty percent crazy information business. Sixty percent we're just like watching random sports and talking <laughs> shit about people. And it is great. And the funny thing is, there's like a handful of folks who are religiously back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And occasionally you get like Carl or Sandy just talk about something completely random or chime in from something pages ago. <laughs> and it's just it's yeah, great. pretty great. It's and, the greatest thing. That, I mean, honestly. It's one of the best things we've done. We should we should honestly be able to sell like the Slack channel. It yeah. would, we would it's so worth it. Plus, you get all of the stuff that we can't write. You get all of that. That's yeah. the best part. Is like you want the true insider access. It would be like although we'd have to clean it up because the whole point is that you no. can't. Yeah. All right, this is gonna be the last question, and it's one that just grinds my gears to no end. It's from grinds Facebook. I won't say who it is. But the question is, why are we not playing Georgia Tech this weekend? For fuck's sake. So, um, Jamie actually literally, did you, are you in Slack right now? Jamie literally just said that in Slack. He was just saying, this is from Jamie in Slack. <laughs> this idiot constantly asking why we're not playing Georgia Tech this weekend. He needs to stop it. Okay. This is what happens in the Slack channel. Sometimes when you guys make dumb comments, we comment on it. And sometimes when you make good comments, we go, that's a really good point. That's a good point. So, it does work both ways. We're not playing Georgia Tech because, one, we don't know if Georgia Tech would ever want to play us. Two, they're going to cut black the shit out of you. They're going right at your knees, and you have a conference schedule to play still. I don't know if y'all noticed, that's the more important thing. Conference but football. P5, call it P5. P5! We need a quality win, Paul! Are we sure Georgia Tech would be a quality win, Paul? So, yeah, Tennessee? They lost to Tennessee! Tennessee? Trash. Oh Terrible. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Right. Do something. Hashtag don't do something. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just we're don't. not playing. Hashtag Georgia, don't. We're not playing Georgia Tech. 
Uh, and by the way, you can't just drop a football game in like a week. This is not how these things work. Like the logistics that go into an NCAA Division One FBS college football game are mind-blowingly extensive. We've got hotel rooms for the away team. We've Charters. got to figure out how to feed hundred plus players who eat, you know, body like clocks. Animals. Like, and I'm not saying like East or West Coast body clock. I'm talking like you have to have your schedule from four and five days out lead into. Yes. You know what I mean? Like. The amount there are contracts, uh, security, um, the venue, yes, venues. Um, it's just we can't. Just be, okay, we're gonna go play. Like we're not, we're not in Friday Night Lights. Like Coach Taylor's not gonna go build a stadium like a field because there's an explosion. Like yeah. there's just too much that goes into this. Look, the admin. I'm sure the admin looked at all of their options. And it was like, it's not gonna it's happen. Not gonna we're happen. just gonna play eleven. And I've heard from USF people, they are happy that they kept, they were able to keep the two bye weeks. I you know tweeted who, this out, like, what, three weeks ago? I was like, look, we're not playing another game. Because somebody told me, we're not playing another game. So, you know who didn't get to keep another, one of their bye weeks? Houston. And I'm sure Houston is pissed off that they went from two bye weeks to one. USF. Because Houston, they didn't have to do a thing. Yeah. Their schedule was fine. They helped the conference out. But, okay, we'll, we'll move our game around. We'll lose a bye week. It, those bye weeks are so vital yeah. for teams. Recruiting. This is going to yes. be a big recruiting week. Everybody's coaches are out Friday night. Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Coaches are around the state. They're they're going to be watching. St. Thomas Aquinas looking for someone, or you know, looking each to coach, solidify each, so, uh, a player. Each coach goes gets a region. Is yeah. how it works. So like each assistant coach, you know, will get like okay, you have. Northeast far, you have Duval and like St. Augustine and all that. You have 305. You have whatever. Like every coach get. So what happens on a bye week? All of those guys, all right. like Monday morning, they're knocking on doors in classrooms at, at specific high schools, the guys they're targeting. Because mm-hmm. they are literally taking kids and they're pulling them out of class and coming to talk to them because they can go on campus. I, f- I forget if it's once or twice. And then they're also going to talk to their high school coach. They're going to be like be around. They're going to be wearing shirts. And it makes the kid feel good that somebody wants to show up and, like, pull him out of class. Because then people are like, oh, my God, did you just know so-and-so was here to talk to this guy? Right. And so the it's... kids love that. And then um, Friday nights, uh, they're all going to be at games. Probably trying to get as many games. Not just one. They're no. probably going to try and get two in. Yeah. So, so. it's logistics. Recruiting-wise, it's stupid to give up a bye week for a potential loss. We have no idea. They could absolutely beat us. Do you know how nerve-wracking the Navy game was last year? Yeah. And we don't have uh, Daniel Wallake to just plug in to the bear front. Yeah. We don't have that. Like, so we have Sanat Hector, big bodies. Mm -hmm. Behind him, Bronson, he's a hybrid, and then two freshmen. Yeah. No. No. Don't, no. So stop, if you ask that question one more time, when the second bye week comes around... Meet me in Temecula. <laughs> All right. I have to go to work. I'm done. I, I have I have to go to a coffee shop. I'm done. All right, we're good. Yep. Be sure to check us out on uh, you know Twitter at Stampede SBN, Colin at USF Colin, Nathan at Bulls Nathan SBN, Anthony at I always forget it. So what is it? <laughs> at Anthony Beetle underscore. It's so simple. I'm so stupid. simple. And then and go see Anthony's show tomorrow night if you're in downtown Tampa. Yep. We'll be back. We're going to try and get our guest that couldn't yeah. make it last week. We're going to try and get him next week. 
Um, Sounds good. Which would be nice. It would. Oh, yeah. It would yeah, it would. Yeah, especially this time of year. Yep. And so we'll do that. Uh, but thank you for listening. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.